0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Very excited. We are bringing on Eugene Sass today. Eugene is an Amazon seller with seven years of experience successfully navigating the dynamic landscape of Amazon e-commerce, growing his own seven-figure brand. As the founder of leading Amazon creative media agency, he's honed in his creative and strategic abilities to craft engaging content and implement innovative marketing techniques that consistently drive sales and brand recognition for his clients, passionate about transforming ordinary listings into conversion magnets and empowering businesses to scale new heights in the digital marketing space. As a mastermind leader as well, he specializes in guiding ambitious entrepreneurs towards e-commerce mastery through high-level strategy. He firmly believes in the power of collaboration and is committed to fostering a supportive environment that enables clients to learn, grow and turn their amazon dreams into a reality. So I cannot wait to bring him on. Let's go ahead cue that intro clip and then we'll bring him on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Eugene, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on.
0: Yes, I'm super excited to talk to you um, and get your insight on all things business.
1: For sure, for sure. Awesome.
0: So let's start out. My first question to you is, what would be your definition of solopreneur, business owner, and do you think that there's a difference between the two?
1: It's a good question. Um, And I think, you know, for me, I go back to what I consider a solopreneur consistently because I'm starting new businesses. I'm starting new ventures. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe in the beginning you have to start with wearing all the hats, right? Because in order for you to scale your business and become what may be considered a business owner is the ability to delegate those tasks and you won't be able to delegate them properly until you've gone through the journey of wearing those hats yourself. So definition of a solopreneur, yes, you're starting out on your own. It's a new venture. You're, you're learning everything. Everything seems a little overwhelming. You're, again, you're wearing all the hats in the business, your marketing, your sales, your product development, whatever it is, whatever your business model is. And then somehow as you begin to grow and you realize that you need to focus a little bit more on growth and scale you start to delegate things to virtual assistants, to employees. And I think that's just a natural progression that happens. And you will know naturally when that right time is, because you'll feel a little bit of overwhelm as you start to grow and as you scale. Um, Sorry, I went on a little rant there. But I guess the difference is, yeah, solopreneur is you're the one wearing all the hats. Business owner is you're transitioning to a place where you begin to delegate some of those tasks and focus more on big picture growth.
0: No, I appreciate that you kind of took it to, you know, understanding the time when it's, when it's time to delegate and the power of having worn all the hats to be able to find the right people to delegate the tasks to. So for how how have you kind of made that shift in your own business? Like, can you tell me the story of when it was the time that you had to look and go, all right, like, it's time now, like, I've gotten to the point where I've scaled it. Um, Or maybe it's not even that case. Maybe, you know, you've been able to do it just you, you and yourself. And that's awesome, too. And so yeah, just would love to hear your kind of journey through that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, partially, it's, business model specific, I think Amazon um, specifically right. was built to be a lifestyle business, right? It's it's mm. sort of a business model that's very front loaded in the amount of work that you put in. But then it's something once it's established, it's just, it's like a machine that you're fueling, you're just putting gas into the tank, and it just runs. Mm. So um, in the beginning, solopreneur, you know, figuring out which product to sell, figuring out um, how to communicate with suppliers, how to import logistics. I mean, it was all, it was everything. It was every part of the business needed to be covered by a single person um, just because I needed to learn it. And I didn't, first of all, at that point, I didn't even understand who can help me in those things. So it was just, it was a learning process. It was just a natural learning process. Um, Then the business started to cash flow really well after, you know, launching two, three uh, physical products that scaled really well. Um, you know, customer service started to become a little bit more burdensome. Yeah. Uh, managing the advertising on the Amazon platform became more burdensome. So it was something that was just starting to get uh, a little bit more tedious to handle on my own. And yeah. naturally, I built up the cash flow through scale to be able to start to delegate those things. But I've done them myself in the beginning. So I knew exactly how it would work to hand that off to somebody and overseeing the results and, and not having to necessarily micromanage, but oversee properly so that those functions continue to operate the way that I need them to.
0: Yes. So what would, what was that first role that you hired when you were looking to delegate?
1: Um, I would say in the Amazon space, it was, it was advertising. That happens yeah. to be one of the most tedious aspects to manage, um, especially once your catalog starts to grow yeah. And um, you start to expand to other marketplaces, it, it becomes very tedious. So that was one of the first ones that I I outsourced. And then customer service was a pretty easy one to, um, you know, hiring a virtual assistant just to oversee uh, customer inquiries, refunds, returns, things like that, that. I was able to completely offload that as well. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I think to some aspect, maybe I'm a little bit of a control freak or maybe just a bit of... Um, I just have really high standards for how things need to be done, and so yeah. I do have some reservations about giving up control in certain parts of my business, right. um, like product selection and um, development and differentiation. I, I, I don't. I, I think that's a creative aspect of the business that you really need a dedicated mind to brainstorm and and think of properly. Because if you don't get that part right, then the whole you know the whole. The whole stack of cards begins to fall. So, there are certain aspects of the business that I'm not willing to delegate either, and I personally enjoy doing and, and think drive the overall success of the business as well.
0: Mm, yep. Uh huh. And so I th- I'm, I really appreciate that you bring that up because that when we talk on this business podcast and everything, it's delegation is a topic that's brought up a lot, and th- I think it's great. But I appreciate that you talked about the other side of it in terms of it's still important to keep things that you like to do as the business owner like you don't need to delegate out everything in terms of even taking away the things that
1: you enjoy exactly yeah totally agree with that
0: so what were some of those things that you uh decided not to delegate out so you mentioned kind of like the product select so selection do you have any other things that you were like i'm going to keep that in my wheelhouse
1: um, I think that's the biggest one. I mean, I really like to. We do outsource our creative uh, content development, but um, you know, again, I oversee the vision for that. You know, so yeah. there are people executing, but I'm really involved in the process uh, to make sure the execution is is done right. So I guess that's yeah. that's sort of delegating. But I guess what I keep really keep in house is the data analysis, uh, product research, product selection, and uh, differentiation of the products. Um, because, you know, again, I'm I'm studying the market, I'm studying the customers, I'm trying to understand the pain points. And then that's where the creativity kind of kicks in. And it's like, oh, if I added this to that product, well, that would create that unique selling proposition for my company, for my business. And that's how I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to say that my business has something that my competition doesn't. And I, I just feel like that's such a critical process and a process that I enjoy. So I just keep that, keep that on my, in my own wheelhouse.
0: I love that. So why did you decide to go the route of Amazon and just start a business in the first place? Cause yeah. it's not an easy, it's not an easy venture.
1: <laughs> it's not. I mean, I don't think any business is an easy venture, but, um, this specifically, I, I just had examples in my social network, people that were doing it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just seemed, you know, at the time the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss was really popular and yeah, Um, It was like, okay, lifestyle business, how do I set up my life so that my life isn't just work, but it's, um, you know, time for the things that I love to do. And this business model specifically seemed to have fit that mold really well. Um, As I mentioned, it's front loaded in that there's a lot of learning, there's a steep learning curve, Um, there's a lot to get this set up. But once your products become established on the marketplace, it's very, at that point you've accumulated reviews, the products established, it's creating revenue, you're just, it's inventory management at a certain point. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted that for, for myself, for my family, and it, just, it was just so attractive. So I went down that route, but why I even started in the first place is, kind of went the traditional route that my parents saw for me was go to college, get a degree, get a good career. Right. Um, maybe I just picked the wrong major and I'm thankful that I did. I'm not really a numbers guy. I'm more of a creative soul. What did you choose to major in? Finance, finance, Finance. investment. But but why? Why I decided that one is was the most general. uh, Was the most general reason, which was I want to be a businessman. Which is (laughs) like, what does that even mean, right? It's it's the the broadest possible term for a career or or business. So. Oh, for business people do finance? Cool. I'll just go into that. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) I just, I didn't really have the proper guidance, I think, in the beginning. So, you know, coming out of high school, you don't really know what you're doing. And maybe I just didn't have the right direction. But anyhow, that I did start, I did go through that major. I did get the degree. I did start working in corporate. And I think that just provided the initial source of capital to invest into the Amazon business. I was side hustling that for a while. Yeah, until I was able to quit until my wife was able to quit. And, you know, as I mentioned to you, we, we just hit the road and started traveling. So yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of the journey. It was more like I really need to get out of corporate. I was looking at my boss and I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be this person in 20, 30 years. Right. So it was kind of just this um, motivation to figure out something else.
0: Yeah. So how long did it take you to make the Amazon thing like a full time thing?
1: Uh, it took me three years. I started it with 10 grand and -hmm. just kept reinvesting profits. And Mm -hmm. then three years in, um, I left the job.
0: Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me some of the action steps that you did to make that work for you? reason I ask this is because I've worked with a lot of people and I know a lot of people who they get into being a business owner, an entrepreneur because of that freedom. And they're looking for that, that lifestyle business, um, but they can't stay focused on one thing and they end up doing you know, a million different other things. And then the first thing that they started never ends up actually going anywhere. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate like hearing your story in terms of, yeah, I decided that I wanted to move in the route of Amazon and I, I made it happen. I made it successful. Why did, why did it work for you?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I just had such a fire under my ass. Like I was listening to podcasts every second that I got, even at work, I was just sneaking in information. I was just hungry, hungry for, for info on like, how does this work? How does this work? I just needed it to work. I was so desperate. It was, it was, it was honestly from a place of desperation. Um, the career just, I, I knew this wasn't what I was meant to do. It, it was horrible. And I was just so, so obsessed with making it work and courses, podcasts, meeting people, finding a mentor, like I just had to do what I had to do and um, I met the right people and and studied the right material and, you know, slowly made it work. It was just, it was one step at a time. You know, it wasn't just, okay, like boom, successful business. It was like still doubt and uncertainty and something new and, but you just go one foot in front of the other and you do your best, but you have to give it your best. You know, it's interesting. I actually um, just heard a statistic that, only 6% of Amazon sellers hit seven figures on Amazon, which is 6%, 6%. That's so low. But again, you don't need to grow a seven figure business, but I was yeah. kind of shocked that that was, um, a lower figure than I expected. Yeah. Um, but it makes me realize like what I've been able to achieve in this business model. Um, right. but yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it just had to happen.
0: Yeah. And in so, terms of
1: focus, sorry, in terms of focus, um, you know, I could recommend a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I love one that my, one. Fa- my favorite book, I think, my favorite self development book, like, um, you know, there's a lot of old school self development books that are from like yeah. the 50s, 60s, they, they could be a little dry. Atomic <laughs> yeah. Habits is like, you know, meant for the modern reader and super yeah. easy to implement step by step. And I think in terms of focus is just uh, the quality of your habits, but developing habits is a difficult thing. And that book, if you really sit down with it and take notes and and implement, you'll just you'll notice changes, incremental yeah. changes in your life.
0: Right. So, what did you do to really develop that obsession with making your Amazon business work?
1: Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, I think it was just the position, the circumstance that I was in in New York in this job that I wasn't enjoying in this career that I wasn't enjoying. And, um, it was just, you know, I was investing money into it and I just, I was so desperate for it to work. I think literally it came from a place of stress and desperation for me.
0: Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So then now that it's successful, what do you do to keep, because I can imagine you're probably not in that like desperation stress point anymore. So what can you do to, or what have you done to continue to keep that motivation going?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I thank my wife for that too, because I think the, the Amazon business, like I said, once it's established, you're just, it's just inventory management at that point. You could expand the catalog. You could, you know, expand geographies, but, um, I've just kept myself busy. I have two other, two other ventures that I'm in now. I have a media company that also serves, uh, e-commerce and Amazon sellers doing photography, video graphic design. And I'm also coaching a mastermind program as well, you know, sharing mm-hmm. the knowledge that I've acquired over the last seven years and helping other people succeed in the business model too. So um, I'm just keeping busy, you know, I think it's a motivation now uh, to just take care of my family and, uh, and I'm honestly doing something that I love, you know, I appreciate it every day because again, I, I know what it's like to be in a job that you don't want to be at every day that requires yeah. you to be there at a certain time that requires you to dress a certain way that. Um, you know, having conversations and working on material that you don't feel any passion for. And now to be on the other side of that every day, um, talking about something that I love, something that's exciting, something that's different and, you know, allows for a great lifestyle, allows for good earning potential. So I'm just motivated by a position of gratefulness at this point.
0: Hmm, that's very cool. I I appreciate you sharing that because I've always wondered, you know, looking at it, how do people once they get out of that desperation point, right, or that like I'm out of survival mode, which is often like where people start their their yep. journeys and their success. And so it was great to hear your perspective on okay, that the other side of it now, like what are you using now as your motivation tool? So that's yep. very cool. I appreciate yep. you sharing that. For awesome. Sure. So, how do you work through, you know? All of that uncertainty and doubt that comes from making that shift. To really being the visionary, I, I like to look at it in terms of the business owner is the person drawing the map. They've got a blank paper and they're going, "Yeah, we're going to go this way. We're going to go this way." And I think that that's actually a big difference between solopreneur and business owner. Is solopreneurs they are very uncertain and they have a hard time going, "We're going to go this way." It's like I don't know which way to go. So how do you work through that as you make that transition to get to the point where you can, you know, s- strongly say, "Yeah, let's move this way. Let's move this way."
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think it's also personality types, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Not everybody is a visionary, you know, not everybody's, Mm. not everybody thinks about business that way. Some people just execute, right? Right. They're maybe more analytical um, or data oriented, um, you know, and they just see the task in front of them and they, that's, that's what they're going for. Whereas, you know, the visionary types could be the opposite, maybe a bit more creative, maybe don't necessarily see the step one, step two, step three, yeah. Um you know, direction, whereas it's kind of more big picture thinking right mm-hmm. so I think it depends on your personality and where you come into the business so I think if you you know you're used to executing but you want to execute in a way um that's something of your own, then maybe you need a strategic partner right somebody that is yeah. the visionary i think i think a, a successful business has both you know i have mm-hmm. I have a partner um as well you know so he's a more visionary he's more um he, he executes a lot. Yeah. I mean, I execute as well, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking big picture. I, I could see further ahead kind of where the company needs to go. Right. So, but, um, so I would say just in terms of how to get from one place to another, if you're a visionary, you need to surround yourself with people that execute. Especially if maybe you're not the the organized type, right? So you do maybe early on need a virtual assistant. Those aren't usually very uh, expensive yeah. to to hire in. So you could just you know organize some of the tasks that you don't want to do that are maybe or organizational, um, something like that, so that you could focus more on what you love to do, which is thinking big picture, visionary, and one step in front of the other. If you're more right. into executing. Then maybe you need um, like a consultant, somebody that Mm -hmm. has gone through the business model that you're going for now and can kind of show you, um, give you a sneak peek into what it looks like down the road and which direction you need to be heading in. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, unpacking that, I think it depends on who you are as a person. Do you execute or are you a big picture creative thinker?
0: Yeah, and it's not about trying to, you know, force yourself to be one or the other. Um, Like if you're a visionary, right, trying to be an executor, you definitely could probably learn those skills, but it's about complementing your strengths um, with somebody else's strengths.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Mm, very cool. Okay. Well, this has been so good so far. So my last question to you, because um, it sounds like you have really mastered this area is how do you turn your business into a well-oiled machine that can run very effectively, even if you were to leave and uh, right. you know step away from it for a while?
1: Yeah. So that comes down to mapping out your systems. So once you've grown the business, or as you grow the business and slowly start to delegate things, you need everything documented. It's called an yeah. SOP. Yep. So once you you know document your SOPs, you literally should be able to just hand that document over to a new employee or or anybody, and they should have the step by step instructions of what it takes to you know fulfill that function, so that the yeah. business can continue running. Um. And then as you go, you know, if you want to take another step back, then you need somebody that has the skills that you have, the strengths mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah. so that they could step into your shoes and be the person that's delegating those SOPs to the other functions of the company. So um, yeah, that's the answer.
0: That's great. I know yeah. it, it, people who are listening, it takes, it's you know, it's a process to set up all those SOPs and everything, but I yeah. appreciate the simplicity of that answer because it's true, right? Getting yeah. getting tasks that you don't think you need to write down, like log into this software and click this button, right? You're like, that's so stupid. Yeah you got to get it on paper
1: for sure. Exactly. Yep.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been so amazing. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you, hear more from you, um, and just be a part of your world?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Eugene Sass. Uh, you guys can find me there also on Facebook, same Eugene Sass. And, um, you know, if if anybody's in e-commerce, you can check out my website, madlemonmedia.com. Uh, we do a lot of amazing work there too. So yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, would love to chat. If you guys want to shoot over a question, happy, happy to hop on and talk.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add?
1: No, this has been great. Thank you so much for for having me on and uh, giving me a platform to share.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys, let's go ahead and cue that outro clip. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.